to start that off. I should do that every single episode. I, I, I'm really tempted to keep that in. <laughs> but no, it's fine. Maybe, maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Left for Dread. My name is Brian Marlowe. I'm one of your hosts. And my name is Chris Sampson, and I'm your other host. Ah! And welcome, welcome to the spoopiest podcast out there. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, we're just two giant horror nerds that wanted to do another horror, throw another horror podcast out into the universe. Because it's and there's so many love. good ones. Yes, but there we're going to be, we're, we're clearly going to be the best. <laughs> so. This is just sort of our introduction to us and our yes right introducing our personalities and introducing um what the show yeah, is about and, and sort of like how we got thrust into horror unwillingly or willingly however it happened to you we're just we're just really passionate about horror movies and we mm. wanted to have an excuse to talk about it yeah yes excellent yeah, let's dive right in. Why do we love horror, and why do we want to talk about it? So, um, Ryan, do you want to start, or I can start? No, I'll start. Um, cool. I, horror for me, I don't know. I don't know what it is, and it still ha it has like a very uh, calming effect on me. Always has. Um, I'm probably saying too much, but when I have a bad day, there is nothing more calming to me than coming home and watching a really good slasher movie. Because it's, whether it's me projecting or whatever it is, there's just something very comforting for me about the horror genre. Um, it allows me to focus on whatever's happening in the movie and either be scared by it or just really, really entertained and I don't have to worry about anything else that's happening in life. And I know a lot of people say that, well, movies in general can do that. Well... I beg to differ. Sometimes if I've had a long day and I sit down and I try to watch another movie, my mind is still making lists sometimes. I'm still thinking about things I'm going to have to do when the movie's over. And it, that doesn't mean that the movie's any less captivating. It just means that my brain, I guess, is just sort of wired a little differently. Uh, horror movies really captivate me and, and take my attention just to the most extreme. Maybe it's like tunnel vision whenever I watch it, but I have been very into horror movies for as long as I can remember. As I sit recording and I'm staring at all the horror stuff that I, like, surrounded myself with. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just been a huge thing of mine for way, way too long. Yeah. And uh, on a related note, what was your first horror movie? Oh, okay, so... My first horror movie, I saw Child's Play 3 on TNT when it was still allowed on, like, cable television. This was mm. at a time where I remember Leprechaun was on TV, Child's Play was on TV. All those movies that, like, really probably shouldn't have been, or at least you should have had an adult in the room, like... I was left alone. I'm an only child, so I was left alone, and I was flipping through channels, and I saw Talking Doll, and I wasn't really aware of what was going on until the first kill happened, and I was like, oh, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. I was like, it's this child's doll, and it's killing people. I was completely, like, mind blown. 
Now, of course, whenever my parents would come back into the room, they'd be like, are you watching a scary movie? And I would say no, and I'd put something else on before they had a chance to actually pay attention. Um, mm. And I, I remember when we used to go to Blockbuster. This is probably my favorite memories ever. We used to go to Blockbuster, and my mother used to say, well, pick out a movie for you, and we're going to pick something that your father and I can watch. I said, okay. I'd pick a movie out, and I would give it to her. And then I would spend, it seemed like ages, and it probably wasn't, but it seemed like ages, and I would walk to the horror section of Blockbuster, and our Blockbuster had, it was two aisles, and I would just stare at those VHS covers, wondering what the world of those movies were like, and like when I was going to be able to watch them. And I would, like, make stuff up in my head about how gruesome or not gruesome it would be. And I would, like, stare at the covers and be like, oh, this isn't that scary. And this is terrifying. And then eventually I got old enough to just really get into all of them. And it was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like, the absolute best. But, yeah, it's all Chucky's fault, really. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's all Chucky's fault. That's why I... I think because that's what got me started on horror, it's probably why it's one of my favorite series in the horror genre, is because it was Mm -hmm. my first. Mm -hmm. As cliche as that sounds, you never forget your first time, and I'm not talking about sex, I'm talking about horror movies. So for me, Child's Play was my gateway drug, if you will. And then Mm -hmm. I saw like a bunch of the classics after that. But Excellent. Yeah. What got you into horror? Uh, so... I guess when we were first, or when I was first introduced to it, um, okay, let me backtrack. So I think for as long as I can remember, um, I was, I'm always, I was always into horror and horror adjacent interests. Yeah. So, you know, like, I I think it's really, I think it's like a common thing for like young kids or young boys to be obsessed with monsters and slashers and stuff like that. Um, so... Well, for a long time, don't forget, slasher movies were the only ways teenage boys could see boobs. Well, yes, that too. As cliche as that is. (laughs) I mean, it's... That is a very valid point. Um, so when I was a kid, it's not exactly horror, so I might need a judge ruling on it, Mm. but I I can recall some of the the earliest monster-esque and horror-adjacent stuff that just really enamored me. And I guess it, it was, it was like the first time I was self-aware that like I like dark stuff mm. and like macabre stuff. Yeah. Um. And uh, um. So when I was a really little kid, you know, I would go to our public library all the time, and one of the films I would get literally all the time was uh, Fantasia, and I I would get Fantasia, and I would literally skip everything else except for like Mickey's The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I would skip. The entire thing, and go to the one arrangement, which is a uh, night on Bald Mountain. Oh where yeah, plays, yeah. When it plays like this really, really creepy and epic grand orchestral arrangement, and the animation that played alongside it was uh, this giant mountain on Walpurgis Night. Tur- like becomes alive. It turns to this giant demon. It starts raising spirits from the dead oh starts... my god i totally forgot about that yeah and it starts like manipulating him like like, like his playthings, and it's like really creepy but really like beautifully animated 
And... I feel like there's a scene like that in Dumbo that really freaks kids out, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, um, Disney! Yeah. Disney, Disney in the back in the day, back in the day, like, they did pull punches. Uh, I mean, they, they, they were, Oh, I, I totally don't know. forgot about Fantasia. I mean, I saw Fantasia when I was really little, too, but for whatever, I guess it just never, even that, I guess it just never stuck out in my mind, probably because I was too busy watching a child's toy. And what you can't see is I'm pointing to a Chucky doll that I have on my desk. Ah, oh, so good. And he talks, well, but I don't want to push his button because if you want to see it, we'll we'll post it. Yeah, we'll circulate it on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. He and... He, he a cutie. Um, yeah. But I guess it was probably because I I, I got a brand new image stuck in my head. I to- oh my god, I totally forgot about Fantasia. Yeah, and like, um, I think it's I th- I, if I remember his name correctly, like Shur Shurinab, Shurinab, I something lo- along those lines. Yeah, but it's just it tr- this giant right. demon mountain, and it just it's, it, it, he's just like playing with demons and li- and spirits. It was really cool, and I would literally rent. I can't tell you how many times I went to the library just to rent out that movie and replayed it, and uh, I can remember. Well, I can recall one time when my family and I were at Disney World and we were going on this tour, and um, I forget what exhibit it was, but they were showing they had all these anime or it was like this museum exhibit where they had all these original animation cells and storyboards from all, like Disney's entire classic suite of animation from like the forties, uh, and one of them was uh, Night on Bald Mountain. And they had like these really cool sketches and animation cells of the giant demon mountain, and I, I remember like being so excited and like telling my dad, "Oh my god, dad, look!" look. Did you steal and, like, it, Chris? And, no, and I was like, I I, th- I I think there was like a there was replica copies for sale, and I asked my dad if I could get one, and my dad was just looked at me weird, like, "Why would you? Why do you want to buy a photo or a picture of a demon?" And I got like then I got sad. It's like, oh. Oh, no. like, but then, but then I think that was one of the those clear defining moments where I realized I was really self aware. Like, wow, I, I like I like I like weird stuff, mm, but I was okay yeah. with it. Um, so that, I think that was one of the one of the most formula, formulating horror adjacent IPs. The other one um, is Michael Jackson's Thriller because I I still love, but I, I I when I was a kid. I, I would listen to Michael Jackson all the time. And, you know, back when MTV actually played music videos, uh, uh, Thriller would just replay, and I was just so captivated uh, by the imagery and, like, the costuming. And oh, just yeah. The fact, just, like, just the, the, the sight of, like, dancing zombies. And then uh, with Michael Jackson's Thriller, um, not just the music video, but, like, he created, like, a whole short film around it. Mm-hmm. Where it involved like him turned to a werewolf and stalking his girlfriend and it was just I I it just I I just love Michael Jackson and you know he did something in, I will say this he did do something incredible with that music video he mm. combined a few creature features and mm. he did the best thing you could possibly do which is he took one of the grandfathers of our or not grandfathers. But no, I guess we'll call like it the, fa- the founding fathers. One like, of the founding yeah. fathers of horror, at least the face of it, and he put him in this. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Vincent Motherfucking Price. 
It, that that voiceover that he voice, does at the end, it's, mean, just, it's just so good. Uh, yeah. It's so good. I, I remember um, until I learned who Vincent Price was, like, put name to face, I thought for a very long time that Michael Jackson was doing the VO for that until... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, like, couldn't connect it right away. And then, um... I think after I learned who he was, my parents were like, no, 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 that's not Michael Jackson. That's a man named Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think the first um, thing I did was watch... Mm, oh, what was it? It wasn't House on Haunted Hill. That was much later. Mm-hmm. History of the Wax Museum? Mm, okay. But yeah, you started... Very early in life, Chris. Yeah, I, I started very early in life, and like Disney fucked you up. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> I I enjoy. I I I I'm fully committed. Um, so those were two really foundational horror adjacent stuff in terms of actual films. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna there. I'm gonna it's like a hair split decision. So I'm gonna divide it into two categories. My um my first like horror comedy one where it's like a little bit lighthearted but it still has horror elements was ghostbusters uh which and ghostbusters is classic staple of the 80s and it, it was um and i think i backed my way into it somehow where i first was aware of like ghostbusters rated properties like one of the cartoons or comics and then i eventually found my way watching the original movie but my first first actual horror horror flick, I, maybe, uh, maybe this also needs a judge ruling. But I think the first one was the Terminator, um, which oh yeah, which I uh, which people might argue that's not horror. I mean, it's, it's sci-fi. Have you seen the trailer for that? It's, okay, sci-fi can absolutely be horror mm-hmm. for starters. Mm-hmm. There's a whole subgenre of horror that is sci-fi. Yeah, but if you look at if you watch the trailer. As it was intended, it is marketed like a horror. Exactly, movie. And, and it might not have intended to be one, but it is absolutely marketed well, as one. You can argue. It, I mean, you can argue like the Terminator is like a slasher, like a, it's like, but it just happens to be a robot. You know, he yeah. and and it sets up like a really interesting premise. Like, there's this mysterious person who's killing someone with all the same names, and he's unstoppable, and. You can't seem to kill it with bullets, and then oh shit, you find out it's actually a robot, and it's it's still just as terrifying. Um, but it, it's one of those I, it's one of those weird Venn diagram places where it's I think it's kind of hard to uh uh I don't know like like uh pull out, but like I I I feel at, at the time it was. And, and the original spirit in what in in, in its in the, in the spirit of its original release and how it was marketed and from its from watching it and judging its tone like it, the de- the first one definitely is a horror movie and like and then much later until T two then it morphed into Judgment Day which is more of that you know that huge bombastic Hollywood blockbuster we all know and love but I feel like. Regardless, Terminator at its roots is still a horror film, and that was. I would have no, I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah, so that's that's that was my actual first horror movie. So, oh damn, yeah. 
Um, so that's so now that you know a little bit of our histories, um, yeah. we should talk about what we think makes a good horror movie, or what 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 in our opinion is a quintessential horror film or horror IP. So yeah, like what what needs to be like recognized in a horror movie for it to like make an impression. Mm-hmm. For us, at least, yeah. this is not like the end all be all, because mm-hmm. I'm every everyone's different. But I know for me, and I think that this is also the way we're going to approach how we're going to talk to you guys about the movies that we're going to be watching mm-hmm. as this progresses. I know for me that my one of my biggest things is body count. Mm-hmm. How many people die in this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, how gory is that now i will preface that by saying like i don't mean like the gorier the better Mm. i meant is there a gore factor in any of this uh how big or how bad is it was it necessary was it unnecessary i am not a huge shockingly enough i'm not a huge like gore human Mm. now some of the movies that we talk about and that we might end up liking some people could turn around and be like well that movie is all gore how can you say that well then maybe i consider gore to be something a little bit different than everybody else i think in future episodes we could talk about it but i think there's a proper or effective use of gore and then there's like and then there's like a subgenre which is like torture porn like hostile or something like that where it's just it just it's just like gore for the sake of yeah and like it's just i don't know yeah but there are people that watch horror movies out there that really live and dig that stuff Mm. and hey that's all right Mm. it's just not how i Mm. go about my movies Mm. and then there's also a scare factor Mm. um i have nothing against jump scares jump scares i think there's something if it's well done uh, and not not too cheesy. I think there's something nice about a good jump scare. It brings you back to some of the old older movies where that's what they had to work with mm-hmm. was jump scares. Um, whether that's brought on by a character or music, uh, I think there is something to a, a great jump scare. Mm-hmm. I think it uh, I think it adds, especially in a moment of tension. I think it really could has the potential to add something to the movie. Um, instead of it being misused or misplaced. Uh, that's, I mean, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as that, I would also say story. How effective is the story for this movie? Mm-hmm. Was it completely ridiculous? Was it well done? I mean, we're living in an age where horror is now coming back, I mm-hmm. feel like. With the success of things like Get Out, um, mm-hmm. A Quiet Place, I think that there is a new place for horror at this point mm-hmm. and that's that's just me yeah that's great um for me i think the a hallmarks of a great horror movie is one you know its ability not just to frighten you not which is jump scare jump scare you but just to like keep you unsettled and disturbed uh and like Ooh, yeah. um <laughs> like i like you could i mean jump scares are they're they're their important staple and a, I think a classic tool in the horror maker yeah. horror maker's toolkit. But like, if you can like create 
like a pers- pervasive sense of like unsettledness and of like oh god like what and like but uh like and you're just like disgusted or you're just like you just put on edge and you can and you're a a, a content creator that can sustain that fear that's feeling in the same time like i think that's a mark of a super great um horror filmmaker um i i think i think um another great aspect is i think the ability to fool people into believing like some of the weird crazy stuff that's happening is actually real especially for films um especially for like like the old school films where like like alfred hitchcock and you know uh what's his oh god um Jeez, what's his name? Like Greg Nicotero, and I care. What's his name? Okay, hold on. I need. I really need to look up this name. Uh, his name is. Uh, his name is Rob. I have to cut this out. Oh, uh, so practical creature effects like the work of Rob Button on John Carpenter's The Thing. Which is my all-time mm. favorite horror movie. Just throwing there, but like I love practical effects, and I love, I love like the creativity of of of, of, of like not just like horror filmmakers, but like horror writers. Um, oh my just, god! Just yeah. to like just to just being so good at your craft, whether it's like words or imagery or puppetry or practical effects, just to elicit like like a specific reaction of fear and horror or disgust. Um, especially when it comes to practical effects on screen, um, you know, by far, I feel like, um, practical effects stand the test of time, not just for horror films, but just for films in general. Films in general, Um, yeah. especially, like, with, and, and, like, just, like, Rob Botton, like, or Greg Nicotero, and not to, not to bash on the use of CGI, um, I think there's there's been some good use of CGI. Um, but I feel like overall, I think there's just much, there's a there's like a, a higher and caliber when it comes to skill, when it comes to practical effects. And I feel like it stands the time better. Although like Tom Savini, mm-hmm. who does, who did special effects for, I mean, still does, but a lot of the older movies, he is your special effects guy. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why I still love Chucky so much. Mm-hmm. They don't use a ton of CGI. Mm-hmm. They still use puppets that they make themselves, just like they did when Child's Play first came out. Mm-hmm. And I think that it works no matter which direction they take that movie in. Yes, they've done like a parody of themselves, and they've even said it as much with Seed of Chucky. They... Uh, they took it to so many different places. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that as technology got better, they decided to say, yeah, all right, now we have this ability to use CGI, so we'll use that a little bit. But a lot of it was like robotics and practical effects. They built these puppets from the ground up. They found the shoes, the outfits, the eyes there are like if you watch behind the scenes even for the most recent one there's like six guys working one chucky puppet mm-hmm. and they still use all of that and i think that there's something to be said for that definitely definitely uh so just to re- just to recap so one like the ability to establish 
like a fearful, unsettling, disturbing tone. That's you know yeah. that's my first hallmark. Two, um, the like the technical aspects, like so, like in terms of uh, practical effects or just being so good at writing that you can like you can just make a, a reader like uh, like pop in like the most horrifying uh, uh, image in their head. Um, and three, um, creativity. And there's two ways I, I think about this. Like one, uh, like a lot of the super great, super classic horror movies, and even the ones from today, like the 2010s, um, some of the great ones are made with low budgeting. And I feel, I, I, I have great respect for horror that can really stretch the limits on a budget and, and that... Whether it's like, whether it's just a, a matter of your financial circumstance, or maybe it's just because you you work you have to work with what you got. Uh, mm. You have some of the greatest horror makers and horror content creators. They make they find creative solutions on how to, um, you know, do like these crazy effects or like for example like the the creators of Evil Dead. Um, you know, they were, they were, when it first came out, there were just a bunch of poor, like, college-age students who uh, didn't have, like, barely any money, but, you know, it's, they, they just figure out really innovative ways and tricks to film, and it's become one of the most beloved uh, film franchises of all time. Um, the okay. other side of creativity that I like is, you know, horror's been around for a really really long time not just horror films but um i feel like like horror as a genre started you know like in like the 18 1880s like the mid, oh, yeah. mid to late 1800s so that's a you lot that you could trace that and go all the way back to mary shelley with frankenstein exactly so horror's been around for a very very long time yes and i think you know it's i think with any medium it's 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 difficult to find something new and or try to find a new spin on something so in terms of my third hallmark of creativity i really enjoy films that that take an idea that we all know and like twist it on its head or they add like a couple new spokes to it and it turns it morphs into um like a brand new thing for example um uh like happy like happy death day um Happy Death Day. Which I it, still have not seen. <laughs> I mean, Happy Death Day takes, like, uh, the idea of, like, temporal loops, uh, which a lot of sci-fi um, works have, have worked on. And, like, probably, probably, like, the most famous one is Groundhog Day. And they gave it a horror spin. And now you yeah. have something completely original. Like, holy shit, that's so awesome. Um, and, um, and, I, and I guess, like, Related to that, I guess this would be part four is the ability or like the willingness of a horror to like explore super weird ideas. So weird ideas like one, you have like Lovecraft who talks about like eldritch beings from above, and then you have um, Blumhouse Studios that just <laughs> maybe I imagine like. Uh, it's just like a bunch of people in the boardroom and they're just shooting around ideas. And one of them is like, <laughs> wait a minute, guys. What if in this 
this this new society on one day all crime is legal. Yes. What happens? And like some stupid idea like that is like, wait, no, wait, hold on. And they and they run with it and they well they tr- take they... for instance Truth or Dare that just came out that is a child game that we have played for years and years and years and they turned it into a horror movie. Mm. They've used social media and turned that into a horror movie. Hello, unfriended. Mm-hmm. Like the by the way, fun fact for all of you who don't know this, well I'm sure you do. Blumhouse Productions was actually started by Eli Roth. Yes, who's also a big baby. in the horror world, and we'll definitely talk about him. Oh God, I. I, that man, mm-hmm. I just want him to keep making horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, his latest work was, um, was Death Wish, which is not exactly horror, but I mean, no. it's still, I mean, like, I feel I think the last Eli Roth movie I saw was The Green Inferno and it turned me into a pescatarian. <laughs> no regrets. True facts. It was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it twice. Ugh. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's that man. It's yes, yes. It was definitely though an upgraded homage to Cannibal Holocaust, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with because I thought it was better than Cannibal Holocaust because nobody actually thought that Eli Roth killed anybody in that movie. <laughs> Whereas Cannibal Holocaust, the director got sued because he because they brought him to court because they thought that people actually had died on set. And so he had to bring one of the actresses to court with him and be like, see, I didn't actually, like, kill this person. Yeah. Oh, now, the I animals mean... that died were a different story entirely. Those animals were actually dead. He actually, like, killed animals for this movie, which I'm not too fond yeah. of. But the people are still alive. Yeah. D- please don't take <laughs> method acting too far like that. That's... Yeah, please yes. don't kill please, the Please don't. <laughs> um, so... That movie was intense. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so th- those four things, the... the... Those are what I think make a good horror movie. It's, it got a little bit esoteric because I, it was more about what makes good horror to me. But like, yeah, yes. and that's and that's fine. These are all things that we discuss. Like I know I'm partial to a good bad guy, and uh, if there's a final girl, how good of a final girl is she? Like, does she deserve to be the final girl for the movie? Mm-hmm. Like Scream, or Halloween. Do these girls deserve to be the final girls of these movies, or should they have died day one and have been replaced by somebody else? In terms of Scream, Nev Campbell is like the ultimate final. Not the ultimate final girl, but I love her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's all it's all stuff like that. That, for me, just like encompassed this whole world of horror. Yep. And there's so much of it to explore. Yeah, so that's a good, that's a good transition point. Um for exploring our favorite subgenres. So horror is a very wide spanning ah. degree of well, it has horror has a lot of permutations. Um, so there's a little bit of everything for everyone. So mm, uh, Ryan, definitely. what are your favorite subgenres? And for those who might be horror newbies, can you also explain what a particular subgenre is and uh, what are the classic mm. features of your favorite subgenre? Well, I already mentioned before when I'm having a really bad day, I like nothing more than watching a good slasher movie. So slasher films for me, yes, they're their own genre of movies. And when you think slasher movies, you think a lot of like 80s movies because mm-hmm. those were, and even this, some of the 70s with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. 
Um, oh yeah, and for I'm those for huge... those who don't know what a slasher film is, it's basically yeah. it revolves around a serial killer who systematically systematically murders a group of people through like yeah, systematically picks them off like cattle. Uh, I'm a huge fan of slasher movies. I could watch them all the time. Uh, I love a good revenge movie. I'm partial to home invasion movies. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the su- I do also like the supernatural paranormal aspects to some movies. Par- there are some paranormal movies that I think are really well done. I think there are others that are trash, like complete trash. Uh, and should should not have been made in the first place. Like, A for effort, you tried. Um, But in terms of, like, supernatural stuff, I've been reading books about vampires since I was, like, 10. Mm -hmm. I love vampires. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, it's time to maybe do a really good vampire movie again. Well... Maybe bring that back just a smidge. I'm sorry, there are zombies all over the place. We have two spin-off series TV shows right now going on about zombies. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, well, I I love zombies, but even me, I do agree that zombies have been really oversaturated for. You know, or like even last... werewolves. Like, let's go back to the classics a little bit. Hell, let's do like a mummy movie that doesn't have Brendan Fraser and Tom Cruise in it. Like, let's do like a real <laughs> mummy movie. <laughs> I love the mummy movie from the nineties. I love I I love I I okay, I don't know if it's a guilty but, pleasure. I love the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. But I did there not see the Tom Cruise. Something to be movie. said about Boris Karloff as the mummy, like in a true horror setting. Mm. Like kudos to Brendan Fraser. You made my childhood, but mm. watching him and then watching Boris Karloff, like mm. there's you, you got it. There has to be a medium there, and maybe that's what they tried with the Tom Cruise movie that I never bothered to watch. Uh, I should, yeah, from Russell what Powell. I heard, you shouldn't. <laughs> and I, exactly. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to touch uh, that. But there has R. to I. be P. something there. Hollywood's attempt to reboot the what's it called, the Dark Universe, like their Hollywood Universal Monsters Universe. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a there is a way to do it, and I know there was, like, a couple of movies in the 90s, like, there was a Frankenstein and a Dracula movie in the 90s that tried to, like, do that, and I have a lot of love for the 90s Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula movie. Keanu Reeves is by far the worst part of that movie, and I love Keanu Reeves, but he is the worst Keanu Reeves, no! (laughs) How could you? No, no, but he he really is the worst part of that movie. Uh... The rest of the movie is, like, is great. For what he tried to do. And then there was a movie that I cannot believe I had never heard of before called Dracula 2000. Oh. Gerard <laughs> Butler. What? Uh, I mean, we either uh, I'm going to watch it on my own or like we have to watch it and talk about it because I cannot believe I a, never heard of it and B still haven't seen it. But that looked like the trailer. It made it look like like trash. Made like Keanu Reeves' performance in Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula look like a goddamn masterpiece. Like it looked that bad. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Okay, well, I'm looking through our our episode schedule. So vampires aren't actually on the list yet. So we, we because there's a lot. I know. Of shit, we'll, man. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> like I know that I definitely want to talk about House of Wax mm-hmm. at some point, mm-hmm. and I absolutely mean. The movie with Vincent Price and the one with Paris motherfucking Hilton. Oh, yes. Because even though the one with Paris Hilton had 
more, a little bit more gore in it. I still, I, I mean, I cheered when she died. Spoiler mm. alert. Well, uh, I mean, cause... although it's been too good. I, I'm, you know what? Just consider every episode a spoiler alert, permanent stamp for spoiler alert from here on out. Like, I'm not gonna say it again. We're gonna ruin okay. shit. If I'm you so don't sorry. Hear it. If you don't want to hear it, like, don't listen. Well, I guess, I listen. guess, if you want to play homework or play catch up, or you want to, you want to. Uh, here's a disclaimer: we will always. Well, we have. Okay. We're going to ruin the movie. Well, well, we're gonna ruin the movie, but. In the episode prior, we're gonna be teasing what's our next episode. So, so you have time. So you have time. You have you have <laughs> x amount of time, like two weeks, to do your homework. Uh, we'll there'll be no surprises. So what? So when when the episode comes out and the spoilers, you won't be, you know. I don't want to get yelled at. Cause I want to get yelled at. Anyway. We're gonna ruin the movie. We're gonna we're gonna ruin shit. Yeah. This is part of the gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, that's really cool. Let's go. Let's well. Uh, that's really cool. Um. So it's just to recap. You're really you're a fan of uh slasher. I just films like blood. And... I guess is really what I'm getting at. I like blood. You like blood? Okay, that's good. That's well, great. All the all the genres that that I sort of am into. There's blood all over those movies, Excellent. and I have no problem with it. Now, there is one movie by the wonderful, amazing Soska twins that I love so much. But that genre of that subgenre of horror skeeves me to my bones. Like I cannot watch it, and it's body modification horror, oh, like body oh, horror. Oh, Brian, we're gonna be clashy like, on this my, because my bones, I love body horror. Yeah, body horror is like, my jam. I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like Cronenberg and like all these other directors that like make their living off of body horror and yes i will sit there and i will watch the movie and i promise you i'll love it but i when watching a body horror movie i will literally sit there with my hands covered whereas everything else i'm fine oh. i'm running fucking free Yo, for me for me like i live for body horror because like i just i just like going back <sighs> to like the creativity aspect like I just look at like these oh weird my God, things my and I'm like, how? My physical bones hurt when I watch body horror, oh, but like I so won't good. look like, away. But like, oh, I, I can't help Ooh. but admire like the director, like the character. Oh, they've got balls. It's like, how do you come up with this idea? What? It's like, are you okay? Forget about <laughs> forgetting about coming up with the idea. What motherfucking studio gave you money? to make this movie the people the directors and the people that come up with body horror movies they've got fucking balls i yeah. will, I will I love, say I, that oh i love okay. american mary is one of my favorite movies in the world and it is absolutely a body horror movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. america and i love it yes american mary is a huge uh huge staple like for me the thing again all-time favorite <gasps> and so ste steeped in body horror and then then you have like the fly and oh, God, Human Centipede yeah. and stuff like that. Ah, so good. Um, okay, Human Centipede is one of those movies that I watched it once and I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. Like, I don't need to. Like, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> like, we're not... We're not... Like, <laughs> I, mm, um, I might... You might be able to talk me into, like, watching the first one, but you'll never get me to watch the second and the third one. Mm. Never. Okay, I I I'll give you that. I uh, that's valid, but maybe if you I pay I will me. watch it for you. How about that, right? Because I <laughs> maybe love the body if horror. you pay me. But I, I the Human Centipede. I like drew the line there. I was like, <clears throat> I I nearly vomited yeah. watching that movie. And 
But yeah, that that's my cup of tea. My other yeah, like, cup of tea is uh, like like I, like I teased before. I love sci-fi horror because um, yeah. I'm a huge fan of sci-fi and to begin with, it's um, so like Predator. Alien, Aliens, uh, uh, what's it called? Event Horizon. Um, so I love uh, Mimic. Do we? Yeah, Mimic. Yes, I love all all those types. Um, and I get like like I I do like zombies, zombie films, but mm. I do like I said before. I think it's oversaturated, and I think it's hard nowadays to find something that does the zombie genre f- like in a fresh and original way. Um, the last zombie film that I really, really enjoyed um, was Train to Busan, which is a South Korean oh, train. It's a South so Korean horror film. It, it is basically Snowpiercer on a train with zombies, and it's yeah. so good. So good. Um. And even Twenty Eight Days Later did something new with that. Mm. Like, thank you, Danny Boyle. Like, I will take my tip my hat to you, sir. Mm-hmm. But I'm sort of I was. I'll be honest with you. When I saw Train to Busan, I was really over zombie movies. I was like really over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was new and different. That being said, I know there are a ton of zombie movies out there right now that I just have no desire to watch. I'm really sort of over the hype of zombies right now. Mm -hmm. It would have to be like this amazing thing for me to like pay money to go see a like a zombie movie Mm -hmm. in theaters right now. Yeah, I'm at that that point too. Like if I'm going to go out and see a zombie flick, I better hear rave reviews about it. Like I I have to hear at least like five people like talk to me and recommend it or um or it's just something that again going back to my hallmark for creativity like it, it's something that generally puts a really cool yeah. spin on the idea um but yeah now i'm down for like a good werewolf movie mm-hmm. haven't seen one of those in a while yeah wolfman i'm looking at you that was a fucking failure and a half mm-hmm. um, um we'll talk about it soon but i feel like ryan we'll, we'll talk about when we talk about horror anime but you should i think you would really like wolf's reign wolf's reign is the one probably that, yeah one of um, my first one of my first uh werewolf movies besides in american werewolf in london because that is you want to talk about a classic like a monster classic that one takes the cake for me mm-hmm. but that one and ginger snaps from like 2000 was like a canadian werewolf movie with Catherine isabel who is an american mary I there is something about that movie that I uh, adore, absolutely adore. I could watch it over and over and over again with no problem whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I totally agree. I think we should do. I think this this podcast will have. Well, I mean, we have we have a bunch of episodes lined up. Um, and oh, we will take you places. And yes, it will take you places. <laughs> and I feel like I. Like monster, monster movies are an important subgenre, and they deserve yeah. some episodes. So one day, uh, eventually, we'll cover vampire movies. We'll ca- cover werewolf movies, and uh, maybe we'll cover vampire versus werewolf movies. Cause I, I love Underworld. That's a guilty pleasure of mine. I love Underworld, but <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. Oh no, I broke, I broke Ryan. She's so it. <laughs> here's the thing. I love Underworld. I, I do. I, the first one, great. Mm-hmm. But it got to a fucking point where I was like, stop. <laughs> stop. 
stop, stop. The franchise is dead. You've killed it. It's I think, dead. It's never I think coming that, back. That, that characterizes some horror genres or some horror franchises in general. Because, like, yeah. I mean, like, again, like, horror, they did it with horror is low budget. And, you know, yeah. so it's easy to make They, they could have ended the franchise a while before, but they decided that after New Nightmare, they were going to bring it back to life, which was a dumbass idea. Yeah. Hot takes from Chris and Ryan. <laughs> um, so we're just overly to, critical. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. This is our podcast. We are, we are experts, and we're allowed to. Um, so, so now you know some of our favorite subgenres. Um, so lastly, we're going to, um, we're going to talk about what we, what to expect from this podcast. So, uh, I guess you, you, you've heard about it before. We are very opinionated. We are very mm-hmm. passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, uh, most of, uh, well, a lot of our content will involve reviews and commentary about horror films, but... We're, we are going to talk about horror properties other than film. Um, it just happens to be film. It's like what some of the, it's one of the mediums that we're most passionate about. And I think it has, I think it's easy to, I think it's one of the easiest ones to consume, especially if you're a newbie and you want to follow along. It's just as simple as, you know, going to Amazon and like renting it. Um, but... I I, do, I myself I, I have a huge interest in exploring like horror anime and some classic yeah. work like Edgar Allan Poe like he's mm, I love him and, and thanks get... to Vincent Price a lot of old horror novelizations that got turned into movies we can watch mm-hmm. like The Raven Fall of the House of Usher Pit and Pendulum like he he was in that oh we could just do an entire episode on vincent price and just we talk could, about and we should movies. we should we we, we have, the world's our oyster so. I, exactly this is why i love horror so much there is so you you could talk about everything and nothing and it would still be relevant and there's still something to talk about and you will get and i will guarantee you you will still miss some things because it spans such a long period of time that horror was around yeah and there's just so much and since there's such a wide or just like a huge there's 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 so much to cover uh so i think it's sometimes it's uh it's difficult to codify and collate and try to figure out where to jump in and how to organize it so so just to make it easy for the listener to uh, to, to digest and to make it organized, uh, the format of our episodes are all going to be themed. So we're going to be uh, covering like a particular uh, like subgenre or particular theme, particular trope, particular you know um, maybe like a particular archetype. Like for example, we maybe we do an epi- entire episode about va- vampires. Or zombies, or werewolves, or we cover an entire episode about a filmmaker and his work and his catalog, like Guillermo del Toro, Vincent Price. Yeah, and who knows? We might even take a particular director and not go even longer than one episode. We could spend three episodes, five episodes on a single director if we end up coming across something that becomes a really, really like great discussion 
there's so there are so many different places you can go. You could take an entire franchise and you don't have to cram it into one episode. We can just keep going with all mm. of this. There is so much. Exactly. Um I, we just don't want to overwhelm you with like, <laughs> just I mean, I mean again we're we I I think in this pilot alone, we we threw so many references at people, but like we trust us in the yeah. next, in the, we we have a plan, so we're gonna be cut. Co- be- there is a plan. There is a plan. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be dividing episodes into themed topics, uh, and which are easy to digest in, um, and they will follow the I guess like the topics that we chose will either be on a timely basis like there's a particular movie or series of movies that are coming out and or maybe there's a particular holiday that's coming up and we want to do a theme episode around that and there's gonna be just some episodes where there's just these are really cool topics that we want to talk about and we just collected a through z and boiled it down and we just presented to you um so so in this episode, I know there's other shows where they exclusively focus on like true crime or cryptozoology, but I think we uh, take a lot of like, influence from like one of the biggest shows, uh, uh, the last podcast on the left, where we like we, we just love horror in all of its aspects that we feel like we would do it injustice not to uh, just, just to leave stuff out. So we're, we're we're taking bits and pieces from everything. Uh, but we're gonna try to keep it as organized and as possible, so and, and, and as joy as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a way to be overwhelmed and and do too much. But I think that trying to pick something where you can take of all the movies out there, one or two or three and condense them into one episode and just have like a really great discussion about that. I think there's something to be said about that. It also starts a conversation, not just between Chris and I, but between us and listeners. And that way it pulls up a real dialogue. Like we want to know what other people think. We want to like engage in actual conversation with people who love horror just as much as we do. Um, And I think the best way sometimes to create that conversation is to say, Hey, like, Here's a the, here's a um, uh, topic that popped into my head, whether it's home invasion, something like a home invasion movie, and we talk about these two, and someone on Twitter goes, well, what about this movie? You guys didn't talk about this. You guys didn't mention this. Well, great. That's a conversation that we can absolutely get into and have, but that's what horror does. It opens up a conversation, and that's yeah. why we love it so much. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and again, we will provide you all those ways and means of contacting us because we... Ryan and I have a, or we, we're we're having a dialogue, but we also want you to be included in the dialogue. So, uh, feel free to tweet at us and email us and just you know spam us with everything. We want to talk to you guys. We want to bond with you about horror because Ryan and I we bond over horror all the time. So we just all wanna, the time we want with that experience to be all inclusive. Um, so one of the m- most important, um things to expect from this show is uh we're gonna be doing a lot of movie reviews and movie analysis uh like i said before horror movies are a very easy way of digesting it and it's also like one of the one of the most prevalent and i guess the most popular form or popular way to digest horror um in general so there's gonna be a lot of movie reviews and we have a rating system of how to um 
of 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 of, of gauging how great's a horror movie and we have a it's, a it's an official scorecard official quote unquote but because we're the experts and damn it <laughs> we this is canon and this is set in stone so ryan uh would you like to go over the scorecard for all of our upcoming movie reviews on the show yeah uh just before we say goodbye i'm gonna talk about two things real quick one of which is our official unofficial scorecard of how we're gonna score some movies in this and i think a lot of this will depend on uh genre and the movies that we're talking about um so just really quick uh we're gonna be looking at scares we're gonna be looking at the baddie we're gonna be looking at a body count we're gonna be looking at a story like how like how well put together is it we're gonna be looking at a little bit of a gore factor we're gonna be looking at the hero or the heroine and if there's a final girl how like how how deserving are you of that yes we're gonna be a little bit critical and i always like to give bonus points in horror movies when a baddie kills someone in a really creative way I love good creative kills. And sometimes you get those with some of those earlier slash movies, and sometimes you don't. I know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface gets a little bit creative with some of that stuff. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's just good old-fashioned Leatherface. And then sometimes you have movies like Final Destination, where they have where a, the most complicated the Rube Goldberg system of killing someone. It's, yes! like, it's like, well done. How do you... Well done. I just It's so ridiculous, you just gotta marvel. So... Some, I will say that the further along the Final Destination movies progress, the more ridiculous the deaths get. Yeah. But my one of my favorites is still, uh, I think it was in Final Destination 1, with the uh, ladder outside of the fire escape going through the guy's eyeball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's so cringy, and it's so good. <laughs> it's just, oh, I can, I can see it while we're talking about creative kills. Like, that's... It's the stuff like that that like makes an impression, or like makes you go, oh, it's just, oh, I love it. So good. Um, and then lastly, because sometimes horror gets a little bit of an, get it gets a little intense, and we will get very intense in discussing it because we just we love it so much. Uh, at the end of every episode, we're gonna try and have a lighthearted discussion, not trying to poke fun in the slightest and i'm prefacing it by saying that now because we don't want to offend anybody Mm -hmm. um we're gonna have a phobia segment which one's more spoopy uh and we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about two different phobias and talk about maybe how we would feel if which one to us maybe we have it maybe we don't but which one to us is a little bit more scarier tough to live with than the other one again we're not trying to offend anybody it's just something a little bit more lighthearted to end an episode with especially when you're talking about things like revenge movies where a lot of it starts with brutal rape and murder of a family and it goes into a total gore fest yeah it's think of it as like a uh like a entertainment focused palate cleanser uh because i mean we uh, this phobia of the week segment, or which is more spoopy segment, uh, we're 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 gonna use a random generator to generate phobias, and there's gonna be some phobias where just gonna I, they're just they're they're really strange or really odd or 
comical in a way. But again, like, like, just full disclosure, we don't mean to uh, alienate or make anyone feel uncomfortable. Not at Uh, all. Like, like, fear clowns, you know, like, on one hand, you might be like, fear clowns, what? Clowns, why are they scary? Then, like, no way, they're totally scary. Like, it, Pennywise. Yes. So. Exactly. So it's just it's just something that's just like a little bit of a telecom before we say goodbye. Now, if we terribly offend anybody, like, you feel free to just stop before that segment because you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's that's, that's pretty much it. That's us. Yeah, this is. And, I'm excited. This is yeah, awesome. yeah, this is our pilot, and um, uh, Chris and I have been talking about this for like ever and a half, and it's finally yes, happening. Yes, we're so we're I'm... we are making our dreams come true. Yes. Um, so yeah, this is Left for Dread. And yeah, uh, Ryan, do you wanna do you wanna tell the audience? Or uh, actually, we should figure out a way. Well, we should figure out a name for our audience. I this is something I know that we're I know we're putting ourselves on the spot, but I think I feel like we should come up with a name. Maybe not now, but actually, that's the, that's one of the first things you can tweet at us. Um, <laughs> tweet. As a listener, what would you like to be called? Yes. Uh, but, yeah. Cool. Um, so, Ryan, how dead. can our audience reach us? We are Left for Dread, and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Left for Dread Pod. At all of those, just start typing in Left for Dread, and we'll pop up mm-hmm. because and, we own it. Yeah, and you can find the show <laughs> on SoundCloud and iTunes and any other podcast player of your choice. Don't forget to rate and subscribe because that's how more people find us and we get more listeners which is the ultimate goal of all this because we want to have people to talk to about all this yes and especially on itunes because itunes continues to be the gatekeeper and the end all be all uh you know like medium for podcasts being being so if if you're gonna review us at any other platform iTunes is the most important, but if you review us on Facebook or you review us on Twitter, or, you know that we we love that. Uh, but iTunes is the most important. So if you need to review us, give us a positive rating, leave us constructive feedback, leave us your thoughts on iTunes. Yep. Yep. Thanks yeah. for being awesome, guys. Yeah. And uh, uh, until next time, stay dreadful. Woo! Woo! Spooky. <laughs> <laughs>